What's up, everyone? I'm Catherine Rudder, and you're listening to Life in the Fast Chain. On this episode, we have special guest Aishwarya Balaji, who is the co-founder and CEO of Impact Chain Lab. She discusses how she got interested in blockchain and why she decided to kick off this new adventure. We also have Austin Moothart on again to talk technical terms. We go over what a float is and how it's used in Corda Enterprise. Let's start with Austin. I have coerced Austin Moothart back into the studio. Thank you for joining. I'm so excited for you to educate me a little more. Likewise, pleasure to be here. Yeah, so uh, we were just talking about how funny it was being in the studio and talking, getting into the recording mode. How does it feel? It's great. I love this room. I, you get that a lot, I think, <laughs> but it's it's so fun to be in this little space. Yeah, no, I like it. Again, makes you a little crazy sometimes, but that's why we're only doing one definition at a time here, <laughs> so you don't have that feeling. So I kind of... Uh, teased out a little bit that we'd be talking about what a float is. So, Austin, can you explain that to me? Because I still don't understand what a float is. Yes, and we're not swimming here. And so it's, <laughs> yes, they're on the blockchain. And it really has something to do, which is not something you've seen from a lot of the public cryptocurrencies and those public blockchains. And it really has to do with the fact that Corda is designed for the enterprise. Mm-hmm. And with the enterprise comes a whole set of rules, which have to be adhered to, right? Because these are long-term companies, they have large IT departments, and they need to adhere to these processes and procedures. And so what we need to do is plug into these architectures such that Corda is compatible. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they really have a lot of is firewalls and these things called DMZs, which are demilitarized zones. Kind of, yeah, I know it sounds very militaristic, (laughs) right? But it's really just a little tiny virtual space within the the enterprise data center. And so that's what this float is. This float actually is a little tiny service that sits inside the DMZ. And its entire role is to do one thing, and that thing is to accept inbound connections from the internet. And that may sound confusing, right? But the thing is that the internet's kind of a wild place Mm -hmm. in that really anyone can reach out to any server at any time. And so you don't really trust anyone who's trying to talk to you, right? It's like a stranger comes up to you on the street and tries to say something to you, except for it's the internet. So you have a million strangers coming up to you every (laughs) second trying to say something to you. And so this float is to really separate the data center from all of those people, all those requests, all those messages. And so this float will actually accept those requests, accept the connections and store them, and it will hold them. And then the node can reach out and pull in anything that it needs from the float and only that much. Okay. How does it make that determination? Well, it's really up to the node. So the nodes really, it's going to drop, really, they're going to drop a lot of the traffic before it even gets there. Yeah. Um, and it'll, the, node will, it, the node will only pull what's actually acceptable messages that match the particular core to format and the mm-hmm. actual applications that are running. Okay, so a float wouldn't necessarily, since you said before, it would be, it's for the enterprise. So you won't find a float in just, I don't know, any other blockchain system, or would you? Yeah, no, not really, because, and this is something which is specific to Corda Enterprise. Uh-huh. And so this is not in the open source version at this point. And so this is something that we're really expecting to see mostly with the larger institutions who are customers of R3. Okay, that yeah. does make sense to me. Why was it named a float? That's a great question. And, you know, I'm going to reiterate something from the first time I was here, which is that engineers are, have interesting naming choices. And I, 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 can't, I can't back this one up because I don't actually know. I think RGB, our, our illustrious CTO, the notorious RGB, he, uh, he termed it as 
uh, a float where it sits out in the ravages of the wild internet and protects the node from from. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. So. Oh, wow, I didn't know that uh, we had anything to do with the naming of it. <laughs> oh yeah, all these names. Yeah, so many of these names what? I'm explaining are quarter names. So. Are you serious? Yes. I'm making this realization right now. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that this was all in like the developer world and everyone knew what this was except like silly old me. No, this one was actually new to me. So Firewall we didn't name, but the float, yeah, the float oh. is definitely that one. And there's a, it actually has a counterpart. Maybe we can cover that in another episode called The Bridge. The Bridge. Yeah, so it's a whole combination of a float and a bridge together. Oh my goodness, I'm writing that down. <laughs> you, 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 I hope you know what you signed up for. We're going to have to do so many of these. <laughs> I know with every word I learn more about, then there's like a caveat that I have to look up or research five more and you're going to have to come in all the time. Welcome to my world. You're making yourself indisposable, Austin. Oops. You're going to be here all the time. <laughs> oh man. Okay, cool. That that makes sense. I think um, now we're going to have to jump into a whole nother thing, which is for another episode, a bridge that you can float under. <laughs> yep. I even dropped a note in there, too. We'll have to cover yeah, you that did as drop well. A note. I think sometimes I think that people um, know what a note is because I know the most basic version of what a note is, uh, which is probably not nearly as in-depth and interesting as you could describe it. So next time. For another time. We shall discuss what a note is. Fantastic. I look forward to it. Thank you, Austin. Thanks, Catherine. I'm here with Aishwarya Balaji, co-founder and CEO of Impact Chain Lab. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you for having me. We almost missed our opportunity. We are two busy people in the big city. It's tough, but we made it work. (laughs) So where'd you come in from? So I actually live in San Francisco now, but um, I've been in the New York. uh, I I lived in New York for a couple years before that. So I'm here for two days and I wanted to come in and say hi. You are so kind. I'm so happy that you decided to spend one of your two days here in the R3 office. Um, so you are co-founder and CEO of Impact Chain Lab, as I said. Can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? What sure. What is Impact Chain Lab? Sure. So um, I There's guess three questions in that's that. That's a lot of questions, but I'll try. Um, so basically, Impact Chain Lab, we're a blockchain innovation lab. Uh, we focus on global development. We have two pillars. We have a foundry, and then we have a consultancy. Mm -hmm. Um, We generally have focused on doing research and development in five key areas, um, areas of energy and sustainability, Mm -hmm. data ownership, content and education, supply chain and agriculture, um, as well as some financial inclusion. Wow. So we've We've focused on these a couple different areas, but for us, it's very important that we actually work with people on the ground that have been in their respective fields for a long period of time. So that's where the consultancy is super important to us. Um, Mm -hmm. We want to be able to provide these people with the tools to really um, figure out whether or not blockchain is the right route for them. Mm -hmm. On the Foundry side, we've done a lot of R&D ourselves, and we are actually gearing up for our first official um, product launch. So we're starting to talk about it publicly. It's very exciting. I'll get into it a little later um, today. Keeping us on our toes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then for my background, I started my career out of college in management consulting at PwC. I worked um, around consumer products and technology and security. Um, was there for a few years, loved a lot of aspects of it, didn't love a lot of aspects of it. But in essence, I, I, I took I took what I learned from that time and I realized that I definitely had a little bit more of this entrepreneurial bug 
and I wanted to feed that bug. However, I didn't know anything about the startup world. And so I ended up jumping um, to a small ed tech startup in the building industry space um, as their first employee. And I ran um, their strategy and ops and helped grow the team out. And that was an amazing, amazing um, opportunity. Wow, the first employee. That's like the startup of all startups being the first employee. (laughs) Definitely. I learned a lot. I learned a lot of what to do. I learned a lot of what not to do. there was a lot of ups and downs there, too, but I, I, I used to think that I knew what it was going to be like to start my own company. I didn't. <laughs> it's a very different responsibility when you're sitting um, at, like, that co-founder role, even compared to being, like, a first or second employee. Yeah, that's—I mean, obviously, working in a startup, I say startup, but I know we were just talking about how many people work <laughs> at R3, but— uh, you wear so many different hats and you have to do so many different things. So that's good that you got kind of that feeling, even though maybe you thought it was a little different when you had obviously co-founded Impact Chain <laughs> Lab. Um, but I like that you, you experienced it and then yeah. went and were like, hell yeah, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, no, I mean, it was just a great way to really just learn about the startup world, the, the VC world. Um, I got into like um, a little bit of angel investing through 37 Angels. So I got to mm-hmm. expand my network and my repertoire of tools I had essentially had in my toolbox. Um, and the, kind of how I got into the blockchain space was early 2016, a friend of mine, she's she's probably been in that space since like 2011, 2012, very, oh, very, wow. very early. Um, and she told me about uh, blockchain, and I was like, this is a really interesting concept. Like, let so me learn funny. more. I think of 2011 as, like, <laughs> so long ago. This <laughs> I know. Has been like... We've been in the space too long. Like, we think, like, oh, my God, you've been in something for, like, seven years. That's crazy. <laughs> it's so funny. I was like, oh, my, what, uh, 2011? This woman was so brilliant. Sorry, continue. <laughs> no. Um, so she was. Yeah. <laughs> but the, I essentially, like, helped work on a couple of projects, but more just out of passion. I was still, like, super heads down and busy with my main startup um, at the time. But what I was very curious is as, like, as I evolved with that company, I started focusing on a lot of global development-related pieces, especially with relation to education in the building industry. Um, And I was very curious to see if blockchain could be used to funnel funds in a more meaningful way. Because I felt like a lot of the money that was coming to social enterprises and NGOs was, like, grant money was very stifling. They weren't able to innovate with that. Mm -hmm. And my curiosity was, can we, you know, can we use this technology to help? And Mm -hmm. I went down the, like, global development blockchain rabbit hole, like, early 2017, and then I just realized there was so much more potential, mm-hmm. but also so many issues that haven't been, like, focused on. A lot of the people that originally got into the blockchain space were very technical. They weren't necessarily folks that were on the ground um, working in working with the tons of community-level um, actors. Mm-hmm. And so what I realized was we can't just throw technology. Like, this is known in the startup space. You can't t- throw technology on a problem and expect it to be solved. You just throw a blockchain on it. Everything <laughs> yeah. will be fine. Blockchainify, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that that's not the case. So for us, uh, we just started getting really, like, excited about, like, this intersection. And I realized that I would love to make a difference um, and, and see if we can tackle some of these problems using this amazingly powerful technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started just having you know, he- conversations here and there with people. And it started garnering a lot of interest in people um, who I really, like, you know, look up to and respect. We're getting super excited about this as well. And I just got to a point where I said, it's now or never. And I jumped. 
Wow. That must have been, I mean, obviously you're very passionate about it, and it's amazing. You you knew what you were getting into, kind of. Kind of. I Do you like really know what you're getting into? Ever? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I'm sure you were like, okay, this is <laughs> tough. But you've obviously had some great success with it, and I I don't know. That's such like an admirable thing because I feel like that must have been pretty scary. It still is. <laughs> it's been actually today is our one year mark. Oh my we gosh, launched. that's like twenty years in the blockchain world. Congratulations! Thank you. Wait, today really? Today, literally today. I left my, oh my company gosh. July thirty first last year. Today is July. Congratulations! 31st. <laughs> Thank you. Well, get we can get cake afterwards or mac and cheese. It depends what you kind of if you're savory or How sweet. How about both? I am very happy to do both. <laughs> um, well, congratulations. That's great. So, what are some of your like short term goals for the company versus? some longer-term goals. I know it's kind of hard to talk on long-term stuff just in this industry, but uh, if you'd like to touch a little on that, but more short-term goals is great. Sure. So um, as I had mentioned, we're gearing up to start publicizing and talking about our first product in our foundry, and that's very, very exciting. It's a project called Bystander. Mm -hmm. Um, We focus on enabling data seekers to actually collect on-the-ground data in a meaningful way. And that's very difficult to do at the moment. If you think about the entire data landscape, there is, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of players in the web data space. However, if you think about on-the-ground data, um, there is a couple ways that we're getting that data right now. We're getting that data through market research, that's focus groups, interviews, surveys. We're getting mm-hmm. that data through satellites. Um, we're getting that data through other kinds of sensors and IoT devices. But there's this whole other area of data that is not actually being collected. Um, think, for example, um, if there's broken streetlights, uh, broken like a pothole in, in areas of New York, that's um, municipal data that we aren't necessarily capturing. Um, mm-hmm. You look at uh, farmers identifying diseased crops um, where mm-hmm. we could actually learn so much. There's a lot of data that actually isn't being collected. And yeah. as we move into an era where like AI and ML is just going to really transform like the world in which we live in, I think being able to provide more data sources is huge. Yeah. And, you know, we see different crowdsourcing platforms like Waze and and, and, mm-hmm. and guys like that that are focusing on um, add, adding to data collection. But now that we have this amazing technology, we can actually validate and vet the data to make sure that it is, in, in fact, authentic and um, reliable, yeah. which is super exciting. So that's the project that we've been working really hard internally, and we're so excited to start sharing it with the world. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I'm so happy you decided to talk about it <laughs> on Life in the Fast Chain. <laughs> um, so if I wanted to hear a little bit more about Bystander, how would I learn more, get in touch with you guys? Yeah, so I would say reach out to us um, via Impact Chain Lab. You can also um, just tweet at me at the underscore Aish. Um, yeah, so very easy to access. Um, or, yeah, just shoot us an email. We're super responsive, and we love to talk to people that are also doing stuff in the data space or doing anything um, relating to blockchain and global development in general. Well, that's awesome. I'm happy to hear you're on Twitter because now I can follow you and when at Bread and Rudder <laughs> follows you, you'll know who that is. <laughs> Bread and Rudder? Bread and I Rudder, I love yeah. that. I'm a big carb girl. Um, <laughs> you should have had it red and butter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> oh my god! I I went down a whole rabbit hole of <laughs> things that I could make my uh, Twitter handle, but uh, they weren't that professional or funny. <laughs> so I decided to go for funny. Um, so how what is it like being a woman in the blockchain space, especially starting your own company in this space? And maybe it's not so much woman in blockchain, but maybe woman in creating a startup, your own company. Like, there's so many different ways you can go with this. Yeah, it's been it's been quite interesting, and and I say that only because I've been in a, in a, many different industries so far um, mm-hmm. from the start of my career, and I noticed a couple things, especially when I was you know earlier right out of school. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed I wasn't getting taken seriously um, sometimes, and I think it's partially because of my age. Uh, when right when you're out of school, they you don't I guess not as much is expected of you. Um, and I realized, especially when I was running ops and strategy for the last startup I was at, that I, I started removing, you know, my age from different things. I didn't want people to know when oh, I graduated. Um, I do that, too. I, <laughs> I do that right now. I'm currently doing that. I love it. Because I think it's important that people talk to you and, and they give you a chance based off of the experience and the knowledge that you're bringing to the table. But mm-hmm. in industries that have been around for a long period of time, like the building industry, where there is just naturally a lot of, um, to be frank, there's just a huge, like a lot larger of a male presence, um, especially a tenured male presence. Mm-hmm. And that makes it tougher for, you know, like a young girl to kind of, you know, infiltrate that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a little, that was a little, that, that was a little hard. But that being said, um, I was thinking, you know, I can just, you know, in due time get there. And as this new technology evolved, nobody, as you said, as we talked about, seven years ago is an insane amount of time in the blockchain world. And so I had this unique opportunity where I found out about this technology, not super early, but still in comparison. Pretty early. (laughs) (laughs) What you're talking about. It's pretty early. Yeah. and, And it was, wow, can I, this is fascinating, first of all. I am so excited. I'm reading about this all the time. I nerd out about this at Thanksgiving, Christmas, <laughs> like any sort of like family gathering. I was at a wedding this past weekend, and I just kept telling people what blockchain was and why they should care and yada, yada. Oh, it's yada, the blockchain yada. black hole. Oh, yeah. I love it. I suck people <laughs> into it all the time. <laughs> like, I just wanted to know how you were. Exactly. I don't need to hear about this. <laughs> so it's true. Like, I love the space, but aside from that, what was really cool is it didn't matter kind of what your tenure was. As long as you went down that rabbit hole and you learned and you like just grinded and, and just kept learning and meeting people and exploring new concepts, you could have a place, a seat at the table. And I thought that was mm-hmm. fascinating for somebody, um, you know, with my background to be able to have a seat at the table a lot earlier than most people can in other um, industries. So that was really mm-hmm. interesting. And I, and I, and I feel like, yes, there's still a very skewed, small number of women in the blockchain space. However, I do think that compared to other technologies, we do have a little bit of a larger showing, which gives me hope. Yeah. And I've made it a very important point to have at least 50% women on our team. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really great. I wish I could throw out the percentage of women who are working here, but I can't. But there's definitely a bunch of women working here, So if anybody says that there's not enough women that are interested in this space, that's a lie. Because I see women all the time saying, how can I get involved? That's awesome. Yeah. Are you guys hiring? 
Maybe. Maybe. Talk to me after Re- the podcast. Reach out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to know. Um, that's great. And, I mean, obviously we're talking e- equal representation, which we, we – sh- it shouldn't even be a, a conversation, mm-hmm. but it is. And uh, I'm happy that that's the case at Impact Chain Lab. Um, we have some – I think I was talking to someone recently about um, developers and women developers. We have some pretty – Badass women here at our three that are developing on our That's platform, awesome. and I just think it's really cool. Women supporting women. Yes. <laughs> um. So you co-founded Impact Chain Lab mm-hmm. with Karthik. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about how that all started? How that kind of yeah matriculated Definitely. my vocab words. <laughs> Good. That, those SIT words from Write back in the down. day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Karthik and I actually met at the end of August last year. So, again, timeline, I started this at the beginning of August. I met him at the end of August through a friend from college, actually. he They mm-hmm. were cousins. Um, oh. And he and, and my friend from college just said, hey, you got to meet uh, my cousin. He's super in the blockchain space, and he's been in it since, you know, 2012. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Um, and at that point, I, ha- I wasn't meeting like a ton of people in the blockchain space regularly unless I went to a blockchain-specific event. Yeah. Um, and so I, so we we got together, and we started talking and, and realized that his, like, you know, background was, v- like, amazing. He, um, as I said, started into the blockchain space around 2012. He built a mining rig in his college dorm room. Um, yeah, it was free electricity, right? So <laughs> why not? <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah. I was not doing that in college. <laughs> and then from there, he went on and like got more into the investment specula- like speculation side of things and um, now has kind of come on the product build side. So he really is amazing at understanding and building product concepts and, and a lot more of the technical components. And he has that knowledge and, and that that network, too, because if you were in the space in, you know, 2012, that was a very small blockchain ecosystem. So he, he was able to kind of grow that as well, which is great. Um, and then personally, we have very, very aligned values. And I think mm-hmm. that was a very important thing for me and him. And, and for from my past experience working with various startups, um, as well as just seeing what other friends have done, I've noticed how detrimental it can be to bring on the wrong person um, mm-hmm. at, at the wrong time. And so for us, we actually did not build like a co-founder relationship until the end of the year. So oh. we spent a few months where we were collaborating on projects and workshops and, and various um, endeavors. However, we never like straight up said we're going to be co-founders. We kind of were like, we just both care about this. We're just going to work at it. We're just yeah. going to work like you, you help me, I'll help you kind of thing. And then towards the end of the year, I realized, I don't think I can do this without him. And yeah. it was like, okay, like, let's make this work. And that's when we made it official. Um, and yeah, we built that, uh, that, that co-founder relationship. Dynamic duo. Yeah. Well, that sounds really, really nice. I, I do appreciate, I feel like it, it seems like you've garnered a great team for a startup especially that's so important and having people willing to kind of put their heart and soul into it is so important so it's nice you kind of have that yeah we're very very fortunate um like everybody on our team so far has you know in sees intrinsic value in what we're building and Especially when you are a smart team, smart. Yeah, small <laughs> you are team. very smart. <laughs> yeah. Small team. Jeez. 
No, I'm oh, kidding. man, I'm humble, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so when we are a very small team, um, it is important for everybody to be aligned, not only with what we're working on and having, you know, complementary skill sets, but aligned in terms of, like, values of uh, even around life as well as what, like, we see this company evolving to in the next X amount of years. Yeah. And I think we've just been very fortunate where we've been able to just through time and, and our network and various events and things to be able to have I guess, garnered that amazing team. And we hope that we can continue to grow that team in that same way. Yeah, I, I think you're off to a great start. <laughs> so where do you see, especially since you've known about blockchain and have done a lot of research over the years, where do you see this technology I, I guess there's two questions. Being most influential in the long term and just where do you see it going in the next, like, 20 years? Actually, it's funny that you bring this up. Um, I gave a TEDx at Fordham a few months ago, and I was just so distilling cool. this really complex, uh, you know, concept and this technology down to just a very general audience, especially with a lot of students. And mm-hmm. I was racking my brain trying, trying to think, how can I break this down in a way that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I've said multiple times is like back in the early days of the Internet in the early 90s, um, people used to call themselves Internet specialists or Internet experts. Mm-hmm. Imagine if somebody, if you ask somebody on your next podcast or whatever, um, saying, oh, like, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I'm an Internet expert. You would probably stop that podcast. <laughs> and like, be right me there. too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What does that even mean, right? There's yeah. so many silos. There's so many layers. Um, and it's just so much evolution since. Totally. And we're at the same point where people are still considering themselves blockchain experts and this and that. And yeah, that kind of makes sense right now, but it's not going to make sense, you know, five years from now. And I really think that, you know, for me, that's why I wanted to focus on an intersection to begin with. Mm -hmm. And even within that intersection, that's still a very broad intersection. And we are starting to drill down and exactly which pieces we want to focus on first. Like I said, we want to focus on this data collection piece. We've been Mm -hmm. focusing on some stuff in the supply chain space. So we are kind of going from like we're drilling down even deeper. And I think a lot of the um, companies are going to have to start specializing. And if people start asking me for crypto investment advice, I always laugh of them. I'm, and I say, I'm on the build side. I yeah. don't spend my time monitoring markets. That's not my expertise. Don't yeah. ask me. <laughs> yeah, no one should ask me for that. You lose all your money. <laughs> yeah, I was like, if you want to give me your money and I'll just take a cut of it, that's cool too. But <laughs> <laughs> don't blame me if the yeah. uh, markets crash. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, that was a really good point. And it had already slipped my mind, even though before we started recording, you were talking about doing a TEDx, mm-hmm. which is so cool. Um, so how was that experience? I said I was going to ask you one one last question, but I, I ignored that. <laughs> it's all good. And, um, that experience was, was amazing. I was quite nervous. Um, that's always been on, like, my bucket list of amazing things that I hope to one day accomplish. And I did not expect to do it so soon, but I was so fortunate. Like the Fordham University team was amazing and Mm -hmm. um, they welcomed me with open arms and and the crowd was amazing too. And what was the best part, I would say, is just the amount like of iterations that happened before it for me to really break down the like all of these pieces and components to just add so much clarity to be able to articulate it easily. That was a very hard task, but Mm -hmm. doing that 
made it so much easier for me to explain it um, to a wide array of audiences. And it just, like, I knew, like, you know, I understand the technology, but just hearing it again and again and again in different ways mm-hmm. really adds another level. So I think that was really amazing, and um, I'm, I'm very thankful for the opportunity. That is so <laughs> cool. There is definitely something to be said about understanding the technology or, like, the nuances of the mm-hmm. technology, and then the other side is actually explaining it to people in and explaining way. it to college students mm-hmm. who maybe have heard of just, like, Bitcoin and mm-hmm. not really blockchain, and um, that must have been difficult, but now I have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you did great. That's really satisfying and very, very cool. So thank you so much for coming on today. Did I miss anything? Everyone follow you on uh, Twitter. Yeah. I am. I, what, what's your Twitter? <laughs> so Twitter, it's the underscore Aish. Oh, I was going to guess <laughs> at I am Aish. But I am Aish. That's a good one, too. Maybe mm-hmm. I should switch it. I like, yours. I like yours. I like yours. Okay. And so uh, Impact Chain Lab, everyone look it up, learn about it, reach out if you have any questions. Yep. It's www.impactchainlab.com. You can follow us at Twitter at Impact Chain Lab. Um, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, all the good stuff. Telegram. Oh, <laughs> all the goods. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's all we have this week, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get the episodes right as we post them, and share with your friends. I'm anxious to put out the next few episodes because we have phenomenal guests. Stay tuned.